Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. But right now, uh, joining us from Australia's number one boxing show before the fight, it is Rob Scheif. G'day, Rob. How are you? Good, Ricardo, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for coming on tonight, mate. Plenty to talk about. Mate, there is a lot going on for the second half of the year. It mate. is uh, starting under, it's starting uh, starting out in a really big way. It looks like it's going to be much bigger than the first half of the year, that's for sure. Wow, I, I thought 2021 had more big fights than I could ever remember in a single year, but this year I think it might even go close to beating it. It's unbelievable how we've um, progressed through COVID and now that you know, the following years afterwards, it just seems like boxing has just gone from strength to strength in Australia and in New Zealand. Yeah, massive, mate. We're, and we're going to talk local fighters because uh, there are plenty of them. They're certainly We're certainly producing them uh, both sides of the ditch. But let's talk uh, the big fight uh, from just the other day, actually. Anthony Juice, uh, Joshua up against Alexander Usyk. Um, not really much of a surprise, I don't think. I mean, Usyk well and truly outboxed him. I guess the question is, what next for AJ? Well, with Anthony Joshua, a term that's just started coming up recently has been called, uh, a term that's been coined, a uh, money weight. Now, I'd heard it a couple of times uh, in the lead-up this year, but uh, Eddie Hearn himself from Matchroom used it four times in the closing uh, press conference with Anthony Joshua. And what he means by money weight is if Anthony Joshua fights uh, in England, then it doesn't matter if he fights Gillian White, Derek Chisora, um, Zeli Zhang, any of the up-and-coming heavyweights, Daniel Dubois, Joe Joyce, doesn't matter if you fight any of them, it's going to be a money fight. And Brits, UK followers, and international followers are going to pay to see it. So Anthony Joshua, they're taking him right back. It's not going to be any more stadium fights at the moment. Definitely no world titles. But he's, uh, but he's definitely what has uh, been coined by Eddie Hearn as a, a money weight fighter. So don't, don't worry about Anthony Joshua. Eddie wants to run him again probably in December. So they just want to give him a little mental break for a sec. Uh, he's got a new trainer, Robert Garcia, who he's, he's only been with the one fight with this last one against Alexander Usyk. So Anthony Joshua still still got a lot to offer and expect uh, expect to see him again before the end of the year. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what happens there and who he goes up against because, I mean, you know, it feels like the fight that everybody really wants to see, I know all of Britain wants to see, is, is uh, AJ versus Fury, but he really needed to win that to make that fight happen, and now he's got to go back uh, and start again. Um, I don't know that beating Joyce or uh, any of those other guys you mentioned kind of gives him the profile he needs for that to be realistic again. I mean, almost, I, I, I know that he's basically retired, but it almost feels like he needs to fight and beat Deontay Wilder to set Fury up. You wouldn't be surprised if you see something like that happen. Deontay Wilder's name has been thrown around with Anthony Joshua for the last couple of uh, a couple of months, just in other circles. They even mentioned on his own boxing show with Arkan Barak, just, I guess, in case and to see if there was any interest in that fight. Again, that kind of fight you could you could make happen. It'd be, it'd be a main event. It'd sell out. It'd be very, very entertaining. Both uh, guys, very big hitters, great, amazing physiques. Joshua's only 32 years old. So in heavyweight terms, that's, you know, it's not getting too old, whereas in the lighter weights, you can be, you know, if you're a little bit lighter and you're 32, you, you're getting towards the end of your career. So what they do with AJ, it's going to be interesting to see. But um, if they want Fury, Fury said that he fights uh, Alexander Usyk, 
for the undisputed heavyweight title, which there hasn't been since 1999. But to do that, he says he wants $850 million. Now, that figure's never been thrown out before, whether he gets it or not. But uh, he retains the WBC title, so it's a fight that everyone's talking about. That would be huge. $850 million would be the biggest purse ever, oh, wouldn't it? Ever. Abs- hands down and, and by a long shot. So whether that's just what he's doing to try and sell the hype for the fight and they're already in negotiations, who knows? Uh, the one thing, you know, he's a showman, but he's a very, very, very classy businessman too, Tyson Fury. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're not already in negotiations for a lot less than that. But, um, the, you know, the, the media the train has probably already started. You, no doubt, no doubt it started. I mean, who do you expect uh, Joshua to, to jump in the ring with in December? I mean, and is it too short a turnaround for a Joe Joyce or a, or a Joe Parker, whoever wins that? Hard to say. There's a rematch clause uh, on with uh, Joe Parker and Joe Joyce uh, through Frank Warren. Joe Parker himself saying he doesn't need a rematch clause that he's more motivated now than he's ever been. Uh, obviously, he's training with Tyson Fury and McCombie, uh, with Andy Lee as his trainer. Um, but, yeah, it's hard to say what happens there. If Parker beats Joe Joyce, then there's a rematch. If Joe Joyce wins, I'm not sure if the rematch clause goes back the other way. But both the boys, uh, Joe Joyce number two with the WBO at the moment, Parker number three, and they're also quite close to each other uh, in the WBC and the IBO and stuff like that. So they're names that are very, very close. Uh, it's hard to say. Joe Joyce has only had the 13, oh, well, 14 fights, 13 KOs, whereas Parker, a former WBO champion, uh, a lot more, you know, he's got a lot more credentials, the Kiwi. And we all love him here in Australia, too. Make no mistake, we'll try and claim Joe Parker in a conversation if people don't know he's from NZ. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's had 33 fights, and Australia's not shy about doing that at all. I've done it many times over a bit. So, um, especially when I talk to him, I try and claim him as an Australian. So there's a lot of big names in and around there, but it's hard to see, say, what's going to happen with AJ next. There's two or three people that, that have, you know, kind of been named, but it's all up to Eddie, and it's up to Anthony Joshua. He might decide he wants to have the rest of the year off, and no one would no one would have any issues with that. It was nearly a year to the day that he uh, the, the rematch against Usyk happened, so he he's very comfortable with having a long a long uh, rest. Yeah. Now on that fight, uh, Joe Joyce versus Joe Parker, I look at that fight and I think mm. uh, Joyce is a big man. Um, Parker's mm. been training with some very big men in the in, you know Tyson Fury's camp with Andy Lee, uh, a lot of guys who mm. dwarf him. I, I think Parker's got the movement, he's got the speed, uh, the hand speed, to get the better of Joe Joyce, who just seems to want to just walk forward. What do you, how do you see this fight going? Look, um, Joe against the bigger man, we've seen him against the bigger man when it came to uh, the fight with, with Anthony Joshua. Take that, for example. Um, usually he's pretty good, but the Anthony Joshua fight it was quite one-sided. Uh, Parker, but his, his last fight, uh, Derek Chisora, what a great performance. He had Chisora in trouble... A lot, and Chisora, obviously, we've seen him fight just recently. Uh, with Joe Joyce, he, he, he kind of had Christian Hammer. So there's two different kind of levels there. But he, they call him the juggernaut, Joyce. He's young, 14 fights, 13 KOs, former British champion. I, I think the difference will be here. I, I'm picking Joe for this one, and I think it's going to be hand speed and movement. I think he just he can, he can negate the distance on Joyce, and he can bridge the gap himself and get out of trouble. I think he's going to be too classy. I think his hand speed's still there, especially against Chisora when we saw it.
Yeah, so quite... I think it might be a bit much for I think it might be a bit much for Joe Joyce. That's why they've put the, the rematch clause in there. Yeah, right. And to give Joe Joyce another opportunity because I know Joe Parker would like another go round with Anthony Joshua, and he definitely wants another crack at Dillian White. I did see some mail going around that, um, and I know Dean Lonigan pretty well, and I know he's he's great at uh, generating talk about his fighters, but I did see some talk around uh, Justice Honey Joe Parker fight in the near future, but I think that's probably a fair way away. What's your take on that? Uh, it wouldn't be on Joe Parker's radar too much, especially now that uh, he's signed with uh, Sky Sports and he's over there, so he's, he he definitely wants the Dillian White fight. Uh, love Dean, love the boss man. I was on the phone to him a couple of days ago, um, and we've got a little bit to talk about with what he's got coming up as well. Justin, he's a great promoter, and Justin throwing his name out there is probably a knee-jerk reaction because Junior Farr was on the schedule. It was thought that Junior Farr had beat Lucas Brown, mm. and that Justin then fought Junior Farr. But those plans obviously uh, went by the wayside when Lucas Brown put him away in the first round playing the WBA Oriental, sorry WBA Oriental, yeah, uh, heavyweight title. That, I mean, and that was a that, yeah, that I mean that was a a tough loss for him against Lucas Brown. I mean, we just seen Lucas Brown be beaten by Paul Gallon not that long before. I, I thought Lucas Brown was done, so it was a hell of a surprise to see him do that uh, to Junior Farr. Junior Farr just looked like he didn't know what was going on. Lucas had a win recently just before that in the eighth round with a TKO against uh, Figer Apolu uh, Django, who was a former Australian heavyweight champion. He was quite well-ranked, quite a uh, good amateur. And he, that's who Justice fought uh, when Justice debuted and won the Australian title. So everyone thought that Lucas was done. He's only had the three losses. Mm. And they and they thought Django was going to do the job on him, but he, he stressed Django out in the eighth. And um, he was always a chance with that big right hand. I, I've been watching him spar with, with Justice and Julius Brown, who he had fought previously here in Queensland at the beginning of the year. So um, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I didn't think it'd go that way, but uh, I wasn't surprised. Uh, now I actually see on Lucas Brown, um, mm. he, he's fighting Jarrell Big Baby Miller apparently in November. Um, I don't know if, you, if if you've seen much on this or how you think he'll go up there uh, with Lucas. Yeah, um, it's all speculation until you actually see the fight poster, right? Okay. Until it's actually 100% official. Uh, as far as I'm not 100% sure if it is or it isn't at the moment. Love Lucas Brown. Big, big fan. But um, he's only had the three losses. He's got a WBA title. He's got a decent ranking. He's quite popular in Britain. Anything could happen. Yeah. He could get a phone call and, and, and things could change. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, that was uh, Dan Raphael put that out not long ago. Um, that, that, mm. that that might be happening. So we'll definitely uh, keep a, an eye on that. Of course, another big fight that we uh, is only a couple of weeks ago uh, that DAZN will be carrying is uh, Triple G up against Canelo mm. Alvarez, the trilogy fight, uh, Saturday the 17th of September. Um, mm. What do you, uh, Which way do you think this is going? I mean, Canelo's going to have to drop a lot of weight to get down for this. Look, he holds all the titles. He's undisputed at super middleweight. He's probably very comfortable at super middleweight. He was small at light heavyweight. This is a strange situation where we're talking about Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin, and both of them are coming off losses. So it um, wasn't long ago. Dimitri Bivol, the 7th of May. Um, Canelo Alvarez stepped up to light heavyweight for the WBA uh, super light heavyweight uh, title and fought Dimitri Bivol, and he lost. Bivol was just too big, too strong for him. 
And uh, 9th of April, Riata uh, Murata uh, sorry, had it, uh, held, holds the middleweight title in Japan. And um, Gennady Golovkin went to Japan, and he lost, by all accounts, to uh, Riata Murata. Now, Golovkin's 40 years old. Last time they fought was in 2018. The first time in 2017, it was a very controversial draw. And uh, the second one in 18, with the win going to uh, Canelo. Some people thinking that Triple G could even have won that one. This time, I think it's going to be a close out. It's the Canelo's 61st fight, and uh, Gennady Golovkin's 44th fight. It's a great money fight, uh, but I think Canelo's going to get rid of him quite easily and quite quickly in this one. Yeah, so and that'll be uh, the trilogy. John, do you think uh, Triple G will retire after that? Yes. That's the yes, male? I do. Yeah, oh, well, look, he's 40 now, and uh, by all accounts, I think he even noticed that he'd lost a bit of speed when he's fighting Murata. So this is the perfect time for Canelo to be, to be fighting him. He gets to defend his IBF, WBA, WBO, WBC, and Ring Magazine super middleweight title, so all five belts. Um, it's good. It's a good payday. He puts it to rest. It's the trilogy. Yeah, I see. Canelo's, pay, Canelo's paying a dollar seventeen to win that. Um, so, I mean, if you're looking for value, it's a it's a Canelo Canelo to finish it at about two seventy. Um, what do you reckon? Mm. Give it six rounds. Inside, inside the six. Inside yeah, the I think six. he touches the body in the second, and uh, I think you'll start to see some damage happening around the fourth, the fifth. And we'll work the fourth or fifth. I think it's going to be where it's going to be. Mm, yeah, interesting, mm. interesting. Well, looking forward to seeing it and uh, seeing Canelo back down to where he belongs. I don't. I think light heavyweight is just too much of a uh, a stretch for him. Um, I, I did miss actually one heavyweight bout that is coming up, uh, Rob, which I thought we should uh, touch on. Uh, Andy Ruiz against Luis Ortiz. Uh, you know, mm. and Ruiz seems to have reinvented himself a bit, hasn't he? He does. He does. He wants to say that he's still there and he can still, um, you know, make a claim for a run. Uh, former WBO champion, uh, having beaten um, AJ, so he's not too far away. AJ obviously coming back and getting the uh, getting the win against him. Parker beat him in the early days, but um, he is. He's with um, Eddie Reynoso, uh, which is Canelo Alvarez's as trainer. He's very, very, very fit. He's getting a lot of time out of that, so uh, especially now that Ryan Garcia has moved on, and it's really only Canelo and, and Andy there. Um, so look, the guy he looks very keen, very hungry. What what he's going to show against uh, Ortiz, we're not sure. Yeah, I mean Ortiz, how old's he now? He must be he must have been just about to be fifty, isn't he? He's been around forever. Mate, he has been indeed. He has been Ricardo. He has been. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, he's he's always been a durable guy. If uh, Ruiz can get him out of there, that'd be uh, reasonably impressive. But we'll have to see how that goes. Now, we wanted to talk some some local fighters. We have mentioned uh, Justice Honey, but uh, we should mention a few others. I know there's been a few Kiwis that Dino uh, Dean Loningen has taken over to Australia, put some bouts on. Uh, you know, Jerome Pamplona. Andre as well, uh, Mikhailovich, uh, and and David Light, uh, maybe not so much uh, as part of that stable, but he's also floating around. Uh, what do you make of where Kiwi Boxing's at at the moment, and who's impressed you? Look, it's very strong at the moment. David Light was very impressive um, with his last fight on the 7th of May against uh, against uh, Anthony Mortimer uh, with a first-round KO uh, for the WBO International Cruiserweight fight that was happening in America, 7th of May this year. I was talking to Isaac Peach just before they left. He said that he was a red-hot favourite. Uh, I was I was a little dubious. He proved me wrong. First-round KO. 
Now David Light's fighting again on the 8th of October on the Super Sad Day held by No Limit Boxing, uh, which is going to be in uh, uh, in Sydney, I think. I'm not sure. I've just got to double-check where that one's going to be. Super Sad Day. Can't remember. No, Newcastle. Newcastle. Newcastle, that one's going to be. And David Light's on that. He's fighting Vickett Sting, uh, who's 11-3-1. Vickers has fought uh, Australians like Floyd Masson and Luke Medini. He went the distance with Floyd Masson and uh, went uh, and got KO'd in the eighth round by Luke Medini. But he's he's fighting David Light over here in Australia on the 8th of October. So David Light's still in there. Uh, Isaac says that he's doing really, really well and that he's, he's fit and ready to go. And there's some big names in the cruiserweight division. Guys like Floyd Masson. Uh, Jason Waitley's going to go and fight Mastanak in Poland uh, before he might, if he wins that, you know, which is a very hard fight. He could be an IBF challenge for um, Jai Opatia. So David Light, not too far out of the mix there in the cruiserweight division, which is very strong in Australia and New Zealand. Jerome Campolone, another cruiserweight, 13 fights. So he's only five fights away from David Light. And Jerome, by all accounts, very, very uh, impressive out of Dean Lonigan's Dean Old Boxing. He had his last fight against uh, Joshua Francis. He got the IBF Australasian. Uh, great fight, you know. And um, Jerome Pampelone was doing some great rounds of sparring when he was over here with Jai Opatia. And then the very exciting Andre Mikhailovich. Wow. There is a huge announcement that will be coming out in the next week or so for his next fight. I can't say much about it just yet. But uh, I know exactly who it is, and it's enormous. And Andre Mikhailovich is just the human highlight reel. Yeah. Fighting Princess Whitey not long ago. Oh, so. Mate, honestly, uh, I've watched Andre a few times, and I yeah, I saw him uh, saw his last fight, Jerome's last fight there as well, uh, over here, and uh, impressive. Uh, I did I did laugh because I think I know who who it is. He's not being shy about talking about Isaac Hardman, um, and 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 uh, funny that he's kind of you know as he goes talking about how Isaac Hardman only you know he's just all mouth and nothing else because Andre likes to talk. Um, so if that's the fight that's happening, man, sign me up. I'll be all over that. Oh mate, that'd be a great fight. Let me tell you right now, Ricardo, I'd be right there as well in amongst it. That would be an amazing fight to make happen. Yeah, it would be, mate. Now, uh, yeah, Jerome Pamplone, because Jerome is really a light heavyweight. He stepped up to cruiserweight to fight Chucky mm. Francis, who was the uh, the New Zealand cruiserweight champion. And, you know, I kind of I, I went into that fight thinking, well, I know Jerome's probably going to have be, be a, the quicker fighter. And I think probably the fight came a little bit sooner than Shane Cameron would have wanted for Chucky Francis. Uh, but I did wonder how he would go with Chucky's power because he's a, a much bigger guy, a more solidly built guy. Uh, but he made it look reasonably easy, to be fair. Um, he just toyed with him and then finished it, I think, in about the fifth or sixth round. Well, he's, he's impressive. Keep an eye on Jerome Pembley. At light heavyweight, he's an absolute weapon. Uh, at cruiserweight, he, he could almost be a little bit too small. So, you know, he, he's, he's, in very, he's in very impressive. He is, and Isaac Peach has got all the faith in him. He comes from a great stable, and he's just going from strength to strength. So, and with his record, the way he's going, he could make some big waves in the light heavyweight and the cruiserweight division. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Hey, Rob, it's been a real pleasure, mate, having you on. Uh, it's great to chat uh, boxing with you, and uh, you know, keep up the good work too, man. Uh, before the fight, um, great YouTube videos, great content as well. And uh, where can people check you out? Uh, look, we're at every major fight night uh, and the weigh-ins, having all the fun, doing all the interviews. But you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all the social medias, and at every boxing show.
Yeah, well, of course, there is a big show coming up on the 15th of October, isn't there, in Brisbane, before I let you go. Liam Paro and, and Brock Jarvis. Um, mm. Is that the first matchroom fight in Aussie? It is the very first matchroom fight in Australia. Yes, Eddie Jones, very excited. There's going to be some big names on there, Dempsey McKean, Sky Nicholson. Um, so there's a lot of good Aussies fighting on that one. But Paro versus Jarvis, uh, both guys not really uh, super impressive in their first fights. Uh, Para going down in the first round, but still winning. And Brock Jarvis having a very tough second round, but coming around with a fifth uh, round TKO uh, in Fresno in California, that one. So uh, Eddie wants to make sure that the boys are ready for the big time. So he's going to make them fight each other. That's a great That's a great way of doing things rather than gatekeeping, eh? I mean, which boxing has been guilty of in the past. Absolutely. And when you're Eddie Hearn, you, which is the number one promoter with Matchroom, you've got zone behind you. Uh, you can make these decisions, and you know it's it's either put up or shut up, and the boys are ready. They put they're throwing their hats in the ring. They're ready to go. Very interesting because both the trainers are very close to each other. The DiCarlo's are very close to the Phoenix, and when uh, Eddie Hearn rang um, uh, Angelo DiCarlo, he said to him from Ace Boxing, "We want this fight. What do you think?" Uh, Angelo said, "This fight's never going to happen. We're close friends with the Phoenix. It won't happen." Eddie Hearn got off the phone to Angelo DiCarlo, rang Jeff Fennick, and Jeff Fennick, uh, he said, Jeff Fennick, what do you think about the fight? Jeff Fennick said, sign me up, we'll fight him tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, there's been a little bit, there's been a little bit of uh, a little bit of turmoil amongst the families there. It's been quite an interesting watch, but both uh, sides keeping it very respectful. But there's no love lost in this one between Liam Paro and Brock Jarvis. It's going to be a barn burner. Yeah. It's going to be a great fight. Mate, it's going to be great. Actually, another great fight, actually, that I was going to ask you about, and I forgot to, so I'll chuck it in here at the end, Rob, if you, if you don't mind. You can charge us over time for this one. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, Eubank Jr. versus Ben, um, oh. you know, sons of two legends. This is happening, what, I think, uh, first, second week of October over in the UK. Uh, I mean, I can't see past Eubank, Eubank Jr. with his power. Where are you on this? Look, great fight. Born to fight each other because of the surnames, but not really. Saturday, the 8th of October, uh, O2 Arena in London. Uh, we have a super welterweight fight. Now, Conor Ben has campaigned at welterweight his entire career. Uh, this one, Chris Eubank's been fighting at middleweight, so he's coming down to super welterweight. Conor Ben coming up. Chris Eubank, only the two losses out of 34 outings, uh, whereas Conor Ben, quite the novice in regard, only 21 uh, fights, but 14 KOs. He has been impressive. Chris Van Eden and Chris Algieri um, were his last two opponents. Um, Chris Eubanks, Liam Williams uh, was his last fight. So Conor Ben on the way up. Chris Eubank is in everyone's conversation. So he, he, he it's a great fight. It's a two-horse race. Anything could happen in this one. You'd have to think that Chris Eubanks is going to be the favourite. But Conor Ben is... He's Eddie Hearn's stable. He's from he's from Matchroom. It's his boy, so he must have every faith in him. He must do, mate. He must do. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Rob, thanks so much again for your time, mate. Keep up the good work at Before the Fight as well, and we'll catch up with you again soon, eh? Ricardo, thanks very much, man. Appreciate your time. Cheers. Uh, Rob Scheif there from Before the Fight. Check out their YouTube channel. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook.